Welcome. Um, I'm pleased to be doing another chat uh, today, um, and today it's with uh, with Steph uh, Weatherall. Um, Steph uh, is in a really interesting industry at the moment, one that's probably been one of the most hard hit by the COVID crisis. And um, I thought it would be really interesting just to have a bit of a chat and uh, you know get a bit of a perspective of. Of you know of, of how that industry is going. That industry is uh, the travel industry, um, which has obviously had a tough time. And um, so, welcome, Steph. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thanks Hi for having there. me. Absolute pleasure. So, obviously, um, you know, the travel industry is, is is one that's been so sort of visibly hit by by COVID. But uh, maybe before we get into that, do you want to just give us a bit of background about yourself and the, and the company that you're uh, currently running? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I've been in the luxury travel industry for about 12 years now, um, first in London and then uh, for the past six and a half I've been in uh, in Singapore working for a couple of luxury tour operators out here. Um, and then at the beginning of last year, so sort of at that sweet spot when we didn't know there was a pandemic last year, um, I moved to set up um, kind of on a, a dual role really, um, partly as an independent advisor um, under an umbrella company uh, from the UK called 360 Private Travel, um, which really acts um, yeah, as an umbrella company for independent uh, consultants, um, mainly based in the UK, um, but they were looking to expand as well. So I've also set up um, a branch of 360 Private Travel in Singapore. Um, so yeah, on one hand, I'm my own independent travel advisor, and then I also manage 360 here um, and a small group of other independent travel advisors. Yeah, interesting. And so, I mean, what a time to start a, a, a new travel business. So obviously very exciting <laughs> early last year, and then suddenly the, uh, the pandemic um, hits. So, you know, I mean, what's what, what's going on? I, I think for a lot of people, particularly those in Singapore that have had, a, you know, very well, no opportunity really to leave for you know approaching a year now. Um, you know, what what's going on in the in the travel industry? You know, broadly, what happened last year? Um, it's been it's been a bit of a mix, really. Uh, kind of, I guess, depending on on where you live. Um, I think for us in Singapore, because the lockdown was, um, you know, it was quite hard and fast um, and then I suppose I was in a fortunate position that I had just started something new so I didn't have a lot of bookings coming up in the future that I was having to cancel and rearrange um, so that that was a blessing um, but you know obviously here in Singapore we really don't have an idea of when we might be able to travel and on the whole I'd say it's a much more cautious market people aren't sort of hedging their bets and thinking oh we might be able to travel in September so I'll book a holiday in case I can um, whereas the situation in the UK and Europe is very different because obviously they've had these uh, kind of more up and down lockdowns where they have had chances to travel so for my clients based there they are much more um, interested in in booking holidays with flexible terms and conditions and sort of on the off chance that they might be able to go on them. Um, but that's not been the case in Singapore so much. Yeah, interesting. I suppose, you know, for a lot of us, it was uh, it was interesting watching 
the summer um, unfold in in Europe because you know a lot of my family um, you know travelled um, and other people's and it looked like um, uh, it looked like nothing had really stopped actually um, in uh, in Europe and so is that you know was that um, was that a bit of a surprise to you last year that actually you know there was a summer at least in the west. Um. Yeah, I think it was a surprise, um, but you know, and and I think every a lot of people I know did travel, and a lot of people I know didn't travel. Um, so, and in a way, for the for the industry as a whole, it meant that um, you know suddenly hotels were were getting business, so they were going they were sort of going back on all these flexible terms and conditions that they'd put in place because actually they were suddenly full. So it's it did kind of make everything quite. Um, up and down I suppose um, and now obviously Europe's gone back into lockdown so it's just a constant constant um, not really battle but everything's just changing all the time so you know I think what we what we're quite used to in terms of you know when the a payment schedule and what cancellation policies are and things it's all just gone out the window really and everything's now completely case by case really. Yes I can imagine it must be very hard on the um on the yeah on the on, on the hotel owners and the operators because you just don't know whether you're planning for something that's going to happen or not really and um what, what was it in, yeah so exactly I, th I think that's the that's the hardest bit really um is you know people are you end up putting in quite a lot of work often um for something that then doesn't go ahead so um it's frustrating for for us and the, and the end client of course you know who thinks they might be going on a holiday and you know, especially as we've seen in the UK, it can change overnight. You might think you're going one day and, and the next day the government's changed its mind and you're yeah, not. That, no, that's very true. Um, and makes it very difficult as well, yeah, for, 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 the, for, the, for the people that want to travel, but also for those businesses that are relying on, you know, on, on, on government legislation that, that, that is sadly very, um, is a moving goalpost, really. Um, I do feel for them. Um, and then... You know, over the course of the year, I mean, has it been, are you been surprised how resilient resorts have been or, you know, were you expecting things to kind of just, you know, people just to sort of walk away from, you know, holiday resorts, bankruptcies and stuff. It doesn't feel to me like there's, you know, it feels to me like the, the sector has, you know, has, has dug in um, and is, you know, probably hoping for a um, post vaccines, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of roaring 20s vibe, um, you know, while people have just been unable to travel at all. Exactly. I think, um, you know, obviously, in most of our markets, the hotels have have adapted very quickly to uh, staycations, obviously, especially here in Singapore. Um, you know, a lot of the hotels um, are, of course, they're not doing as well as they might do in normal times, but they, you know, they're, they're still doing some really nice staycation business, uh, which is great. And yeah. um, and that's the same, of course, in in Europe and and the States as well. Um, I think you know, just for this year, everyone is is traveling in a in a different way, I suppose. Um, and I definitely do think that that as soon as travel does come back, it'll it'll boom. Um, you know, I I hope <laughs> um, that that when it does, we'll find ourselves very very busy. Um, and you know, the, the a lot of hotels and resorts have have. Um, does some great special offers so that you know you can you can sort of pay now and lock in a really good price but you're under no obligation to book in dates or anything um, until you know you can travel so 
yeah i've been i've been really impressed at how um how quickly everyone's adapted yeah i think it's phenomenal actually i think it's the great that um just the innovation of it all um and how you know those sectors have have just sort of found you know ways to keep going you know and uh i do find the staycations very interesting i think uh, for us in singapore during this period you know a staycation on a very small island doesn't necessarily feel like you're getting away necessarily but it's you know people have really enjoyed them but in, but in other, other countries it's, it's, it is quite interesting i was speaking to a friend who's a kiwi and he was saying that he's just seen like so many of his friends now actually posting pictures of traveling around new zealand itself um you know and there are people that live in new zealand but have always chosen to travel abroad and are actually finding you know great opportunities kind of embrace their own country uh, and enjoy it and i'd imagine it's the same in the uk i'd imagine booking a place in Solcombe for example, it's probably quite hard now in the summer because people are just taking the risk out of it and, and, and traveling kind of internally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously we're, again, we're in a, a fairly unique situation in Singapore, I suppose much like they are in, in Hong Kong, that um, our staycations are not never very far away from where we actually live. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely in the UK, people are, um, people are traveling a lot domestically um you know in into a, to a point where actually it's become quite difficult sometimes to to work with hotels in places like cornwall or devon because they're they're getting such a huge demand for business um that, that they're fully booked you know trying to get out to those areas already for this summer is very difficult now yeah interesting yeah but there's always winners and losers and i suppose well the interesting thing is what i find about um we used to go down as a family to devon to Dartmouth as a kid um, but I found it quite enjoyable actually the kind of so you think it's been a windfall for um, you know for for the residents of Cornwall and Devon but they seem to be slightly disgruntled about the whole thing um, which I rather like so they seem yeah, to I don't, I don't think they've been very happy <laughs> I don't know it's something very English about it I don't think you'd find that in um, in Asia um, I think most people would be over the moon to have uh, visitors um, at the moment and then i suppose closer to home i mean how's the landscape look in the kind of much loved travel neighboring uh countries at the moment so something like thailand you know being such a popular place for people to visit from singapore you know are they benefiting from a domestic travel market or or just desperately trying to get people to to come into thailand if they can get there um they are all you know vietnam thailand they're all doing some okay domestic tourism from what I understand um, from our kind of partner hotels there um, of course they are also all looking for ways that they can bring in international tourists um, Thailand has set up this sort of long-term uh, tourism visa where you can you have to go and spend your first two weeks in a hotel quarantine but it, it's a you know you, it's a hotel quarantine of your choice so um, certain hotels have, have sort of signed up to this program and once you've done that you're free to, to travel in Thailand um, so you know there are a few schemes like that happening um, but um, but yeah of course you know as we all are we're just hoping that um, international travel will start and and I guess you know it'll be a case of what what travel bubbles um, can spring up I suppose um, you know obviously we had that one with Hong Kong, which um, 
didn't didn't happen <laughs> at no. the very last minute, which was disappointing because I was booked on the second flight. But um, no. you know, I think hopefully as the vaccine rolls out and people sort of gain a little bit more confidence, uh, we might see more of those bubbles um, opening up as well. Yeah, I think that's um, yes, I think that's really interesting that Hong Kong one. One, it's obviously, I'm sorry for you that you were on the second flight. That would have been very disappointing. But um, I suppose that I, I like the fact that it showed an intent. And I think that's something that's quite positive for all of us when you see countries demonstrating an intent to try and get things moving again. Um, and so hopefully that can, you know, restart again. Um, and with the vaccine, things will, will change. I think... Um, for yourself and you know for your business i mean what have you had to do to adapt to this sort of circumstance has it been a real focus on uh on people looking for staycations and and, and helping them on that side or you know what's been the sort of strategy um yeah definitely i mean you know we are fairly limited here to selling staycations um i mean i'm very fortunate that through the partnership with 360 private travel which is a very established um company in the UK um, we can benefit from all the preferred partnerships that, that they have so um, we're um, we're a member of a, a network called Virtuoso so a lot of um, the, the top luxury hotels in Singapore we can offer uh, you know whether it's free upgrades or breakfasts or discounts um, you know there's a lot we can do um, to make it more beneficial for clients to book with us um, which is obviously great um, and otherwise we're really all trying to just use this time I suppose to you know to keep up to date with our product knowledge and things so that when people can travel again we're you know we're ready um, it's surprising how um, you know when when you're not when you're not booking trips abroad every day um, you you do need to keep in touch with your supplier partners in the different hotels to, to keep up to date with what's happening because even though things are quiet a lot of hotels are also using this time to um, do some refurbishments and make some changes and things that we need to keep up to date with yeah that makes a lot of sense actually so utilizing this time to kind of upgrade and uh if, yeah. if you're a hotel and, and and you keeping up to date with that and i presume that you know, as always when these things you know when it opens up one presumes it's going to be you know it's going to be a very busy time for people trying to book so um i imagine you're, you're uh, you'll be well placed to help people because it's going to be quite a few, you know, it won't just be straight back to how it was. I, I presume people are expecting some hurdles, you know, the uh, the flight to be a bit different with testing and, and that sort of stuff. And I suppose, you know, it's important to kind of understand how that looks for each different sort of location, really, because they will be varied. Yeah, exactly. I think things will change in the short term quite a lot. Um, you know, I think that we saw, for example, when Europe did suddenly open up in the summer and a lot of countries opened up to Europe as well, it was amazing how quickly things actually booked up. Um, so, you know, I think one issue we will find is that when travel does, you know, hopefully reopen, um, it, it won't be, you know, the availability might not necessarily be there. Because, as I say, a lot of people are booking up trips, you know, particularly if they live in the US, in Europe, they're, I suppose, more speculatively just booking trips that they hope they might take. Um, and then, if you know, so, so places are surprisingly getting very booked up already. 
you know all the typical places that that get booked up early for for christmas new year that festive period are still seeing the bookings coming in for this year even though really? people don't necessarily know they can travel that's really yeah. good i like that though it's so encouraging because it also links yeah, exactly. a bit to the kind of market economy and you know financial markets my area in that there is this belief um, that you know once the vaccine is you know sort of uh, has allowed more travel you know or people to get out of their houses even uh, that there's going to be this sort of desire to spend desire to lead a life and consume um, and I think that's you know one one way in which you could check whether that's likely is actually what you've just said there and that people are you know determined to go back to what they had before um, and actually yeah book their traditional trips to wherever at Christmas and things and that's really encouraging actually I think that's really really nice to hear um, yeah yeah I think I don't think it will I think the things you know if I had to to make a sort of prediction of what will change is that you know people people who maybe take four or five holidays a year might look to reduce that a bit and take two or three sort of uh, bigger holidays a year yeah. and they might use that to I don't know just stay in a slightly kind of better hotel so that you know they, they feel a little safer a little more socially distanced kind of less on top of each other than um, you know than they I don't know some of the bigger resorts for example um, so and I think you know people might again you know reduce number of holidays so that they can fly in a premium cabin if they don't usually um so I, I think you know there will be changes um and also in terms of potentially accommodation I think we'll likely see for a while to come people looking more at, at private villas whether that's a standalone villa or a villa within a hotel just anything where they they can sort of be a little bit removed um I think that will that will likely be something that that stays around for the next few years yeah that's that's fascinating and i think that yeah again i mean that would ring true actually i, I think that all makes sense i think that i suppose you know again that kind of that joy of singapore you know leaving on a friday early and going for a quick weekend away might not be um something that people do they might go for longer trips and yeah cut down the amount of travel that made them longer and, and more significant i suppose um yeah and, and people have you know people are really enjoying the staycations so i think it, even that is something that will stay around for a bit longer um you yeah. know, actually you know not not getting on a plane but heading down to capella for a couple of days is really really quite a nice thing to do yes no so, agree um, yeah. say um and then just because we're kind of in ski season i mean what's the ski season like in europe at the moment i mean i'm i'm presuming it's just it's dead um but domestically driven again um yeah i mean it, it's pretty you know for international travel it's more or less non-existent um i know most of the eu countries sort of made a decision together that they weren't you know that essentially ski seasons were, were not happening this year um i know in some areas some pistes are open but the lifts aren't open or the restaurants aren't open so um it's a bit i think if you're you're a local you can sort of get away with trying to ski but but that's almost you know that's pretty much it i mean i think switzerland a couple of resorts are still open for domestic tourism yeah um but again it's you know the situation changes weekly i'd say in europe um with what restrictions come into place which ones change so um yeah unfortunately um it's it's something that's 
fairly well off the cards this year. Yes, but as you say, people are booking for next year, this year, sorry, this Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's yeah. given them hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, bookings are, I mean, we, you know, we, we have a flights team at 360 um, who are based in the UK. And actually they sent an email yesterday just with, um, you know, so that we're aware of what the um, upcoming popular dates will be, the holidays, festive period and things like that. And um, and to a lot of the popular destinations, you know, like the Maldives or, um, you know, whatever island destinations people like to go to at Christmas, a lot of the particularly premium cabins are full up already. Wow. Christmas. That yeah. is, yeah, again, that's really, I, I find that very positive. It's a really interesting economic indicator as well, actually. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I think it's important to just remember that at this point, you know, everything is flexible and refundable pretty much. Um, You know, obviously everyone, every hotel has their own terms, but, you know, they are all still being flexible. So you can you can secure your Christmas holiday without really having to sort of, you know, with no no money put down at the moment. even flights, you know, most airlines still have a very flexible refund policy um, in place. So you can you can book fairly safely, knowing that you're not going to be losing out. Yeah, it's really good that, and I think yeah, they've been very good the airlines on that side in relation to you know people knowing that they can book and then get refunded. So you know, I think that's helped. And then I suppose one of the other things is you know what do you make of the UK's now ten day um, hotel um, quarantine policy? Um, is that come as a bit of a surprise at all or because because people have been sort of traveling in and out of the UK or through this period um yeah I don't really know um I mean my my initial reaction is I'm not entirely sure how it will work I don't I just simply don't think the UK has the capacity in terms of hotels around Heathrow to accommodate all the people who still arrive into the UK every day um and it, it doesn't really make sense to me that they would make, say, someone from Singapore quarantine when they get there, because, you know, I think we're all fairly confident in Singapore that pretty much no one has COVID, touch wood. Um, yeah. So I'm not, and already most, you know, already the fact that the whole of the UK was in this tier four anyway, and they technically, as part of that, weren't allowed to travel abroad. I don't think it will have much more of an impact on um you know, on outbound travel than that tier four already had. Um, yeah. And, you know, from, from what we can see, our clients in the UK are still um, uh, are still optimistic that they will be able to travel at Easter even. Yeah, great, that's good to hear. I did, yeah, essentially get your thoughts on it because it did feel a bit sort of, what a bit behind the curve, it's obviously been in place in Australia yeah. <laughs> for like a year and two, it, yeah, I just couldn't quite, you know, it's a very busy airport Heathrow, but how are you going to put them there? It's just logistically very hard, you know, it, it seemed a bit sort of, you know, making it up on the hoof. So I'll be intrigued to see how that goes. But I, I sort of suspect that, yeah, maybe by the time they've sort of created the process, it won't be needed. Um, or, or maybe it will just be for hot spots where they believe there to be, you know, um, a virulent strain of the virus or, or what have you. But Exactly. I, th- I think, you know, I think from what I've heard for now, they're looking at starting it with, you know, Brazil and potentially the rest of South America, uh, South Africa and a, and a few other destinations where it's um you know where, where it's kind of out of control but um yeah it'll be interesting to see if they really try to make you know somebody who comes over from singapore spend 10 days in quarantine yeah we'll see it'll be fascinating and yeah so it's um 
but yeah, I'm, yeah, it's just nice and encouraging hearing that you know bookings are being made for the end of the year. You know, there's there's, there's optimism around, and um, I think that's um, yeah, it's good, good good news. And then so just I think you know just sort of f f final bit is kind of you know how do people find you out and you know just a bit quick sort of how can you help them over the course of this year? You know, what things can you help with? Um, I mean, I can, yeah, as I mentioned, I can help with the pure staycations or, you know, when it does come to traveling further afield, um, you know, with anything, anything like that, we, you know, we've negotiated hard with all of our suppliers to ensure we have very flexible terms and conditions. Um, so, you know, if anybody does want to get something booked up for later in the year on the, you know, hope that they might be able to do it, you know, we can do it with really no, pretty much no strings attached, which is, um, a nice benefit and um, yeah as I, as I mentioned for four staycations we're very lucky that we do have prefer preferred partnerships with um, um, you know most of the um, main hotels in Singapore that people are looking to go to um, so yeah always very happy to to help. Good well I'll, I'll, I'll put your details down obviously when I send this out to everybody so they can contact you and I think yeah as well I suppose people that just want to have a bit of a chat and maybe yeah, you know, book something in for some, you know, hope of optimism in the future. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, good deals to be to be made without much commitment now with, um, you know, certain, you know, resorts and locations globally. Um, and uh, exactly. I, I presume the balance of the slight assumption that uh, it's going to, you know, like for now you can get good deals and, you know, but then as soon as everyone can start traveling, you might be behind the curve. And then the prices are rockets, and you'll go. Oh, I wish, why didn't I make the most of that period when I could have? Been well, ex exactly. I think that, and and that's slightly what we saw with Europe last year. Was um, you know, it was all it was all fine when you were booking um, when there was more uncertainty. But as soon as things were actually open, you know, the hotels go straight back to their regular pricing and and back to their regular terms and conditions. So um, <laughs> there is there is some benefit in booking ahead of time, actually. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And yeah, and of course, you know, I'm sure people can just have a bit of a chat with you and find out, you know, how that looks specifically for where they want to go. So, okay, yeah, cool, good. I, 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 I might ask one more question, in, it, it, just quickly on on the airlines. So the airlines just continue to to you know to be very flexible, do they? And it's just you know broadly they're just they're they're, they're waiting as well with anticipation for travel to happen, but are still allowing people to book and kind of move dates without too much of a fuss. Yeah, exactly. So um, most airlines have, um, I think, British Airways, for example, call it a some sort of book with confidence. Um, and, and most airlines something have something similar, um, whereby you, if you make a booking, you're then entitled either to a full refund or to that, you know, to the credit. Um, so a few different options depending on what you want to do. Um, because some people will, for example, make a booking um, to. The Seychelles and if the Seychelles closes then they can just change that flight to go to the Maldives for example or, or whatever it is so there are different options yeah. but on the whole almost all the airlines are being incredibly flexible. Good, no, good for them and it's uh, yeah my suspicion is yeah I think that as soon as it comes back open it's going to get really really busy and uh, yeah I think yeah. it's uh, so it's trying fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed very much. But uh, that was good. I mean, that was, I think, if you, you know, thinking about it, it's a much more optimistic conversation um, and gives me, you know, uh, yeah, it's rather cheery, um, you know, uh, setting up this conversation, discussing the travel industry with yourself that set up the business um, just before the COVID pandemic. You might have 
thought that it was going to be, you know, all doom and gloom, but it, it doesn't seem to be actually, and it's uh, a testament to industry for being very uh, uh, nimble and changing its, um, you know, uh, its offering. And and yeah, it's uh, it's it's really encouraging to hear that this Christmas is already looking, you know, people are booking up and you know, uh, optimism yeah. is around. I think I think it's yeah. I think we have to be optimistic, and I think um, you know the the model of three hundred and sixty, um, and you know we're fortunate we work in the sort of the more luxury end of end of travel, um, as I think that is what will come back first. Um, I also, um, yeah, as you say, the 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 industry on the whole has been has been very resilient um, to what I mean. Not not the entire industry, of course. There have been um, you know a huge number of unfortunate redundancies in the travel industry and so on but um but i do i do th i think we have to remain positive um that that when it does come back it will come back um you know very strong good well nice to leave that on a positive note really and uh, so thanks so much for your time steph i'll let people um thanks very uh, much give you the details and um your details so they can you know get in touch staycations ch chatting about what options are available maybe end of year or or beforehand and flights and you know all that stuff really where i think you know if there was ever need to have a conversation about you know your travel plans with a human i think it's probably now so i'd uh, uh yeah be very happy to get people to to, to, to get in touch and uh, yeah have a, have a great rest of the day thanks you too all the best bye bye bye, bye.